I'm Ben Silverio. And I'm Ansel Birch. And it's time, time to, to party. party. Yeah. We are not doctors. We don't give medical advice. Today's episode was recorded on November 26th, 2023. <laughs> Welcome, party people, to Time to Party, where we get into some shit. You yeah. know, usually about time travel, about parties, about finger guns. But, finger guns. But this month, we wanted to do something a little special. You know, like a little Christmassy treat for you. A nice uh, holiday hoopla, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's time to christmas party yes it is uh the whole thought process behind this was it's been such a uh um i believe the technical term is uh shit show of a year um shit show yeah yeah so in an effort to make things more festive more jolly uh, I thought that we could go back and talk about some of our favorite Christmas movies so that we can get into the holiday spirit. Uh, and a, a noble endeavor. Right? Like, you know, everyone needs a little Christmas cheer. And it just seems like this year, uh, the whole Time to Party crew could use a little bit extra. So... I was talking to a few people today, and uh, we were t- we were all agreeing that 2023 seems to have been bad for everybody. So, um, if you also had a rough 2023, yeah. you know, hit us up on your social media platform of of choice. Maybe we're there. Yeah, I mean, who knows how much longer we'll be on X, right? <laughs> oh man, I I just got invited to the Cards Against Humanity one. Really? I think it's called Yowza. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I think it's Yowza. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, it might just be like a, a Black Friday promotional gag. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if it's a real thing that they're doing, but uh, anyway, yeah. When it comes some, to committing, will happen. When it comes to committing to a bit, Cards Against Humanity goes all in. That. That is true. I could see them creating the best social media platform for the next five years as a as a bit by accident. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but maybe we all we're... remember the we all remember the big hole they dug. So funny! Oh my gosh. The... <laughs> what about one where like wasn't it that they literally sent people boxes of shit? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah nuts and they clarified like no no this is an actual box of shit there will not be cards in it people still bought it (laughs) and they assumed that people would just dig through the shit to look for a card (laughs) they certainly might who knows that they didn't yeah that's true um but all right so let's talk about how this uh time to christmas party series is going to work uh ansel and i have decided to pick four of our favorite christmas movies and we're going to talk about them a little bit. Um, yeah. 
because you know uh christmas comes along with christmas break and no school and no homework we're not going to do edutainment for a month uh that's right no (laughs) (laughs) we skipped our homework as well okay i I see i love it that's a good angle (laughs) hopefully you don't miss it too much but don't worry edutainment will be back uh, I'm sure we'll hyper fixate on something on the way through. It'll be fine. It's true. Don't worry. We we still have the same old tangents coming your way, just not <laughs> uh, not any that require any homework. <laughs> but yes, this is supposed to be a fun, festive, joyous, easygoing, shallow dive into some of our favorite holiday spectaculars, uh, starting with. As you could probably tell from the name of the episode, if you're paying attention. Yeah, unless you're a podcaster or your podcatcher just auto played the next episode, at which point, like, thanks yeah. for having us on your on your auto play. You people are on the ni- on the nice list. Yeah, not that the ones who don't do that aren't, um, but you just get extra points. Sure, extra yeah. points. Uh, so the the first movie that we're going to talk about is a classic. Um, I mean, surely all of these are classics, but like this one literally is considered one of the best movies of all time, not Mm -hmm. just one of the best holiday or Christmas movies of all time. Um, From one of the best actors and one of the best directors. Yep. This one's got everything. Everything. So uh, the movie that we're talking about is It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, As you mentioned from director uh, Frank Capra, starring Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Um, in case you don't know what we're talking about, uh, you're, you've probably been living under a rock. But uh, <laughs> our good friends Maybe at IMDb... Maybe you didn't grow up in the continental United States. Who knows? Yeah, there are a number of reasons why you may not know this movie. But uh, you know, just in case you don't, uh, our good friends at IMDb tell us this. An angel is sent from heaven to help a desperately frustrated businessman by showing him what life would have been like if he had never existed. Like... This is such a classic plot at this point. So Mm -hmm. many things have replicated it. You know, it's it's so much a part of our fabric, you know, of pop culture that, like, someone may be familiar with this story, but not this movie. That's true. Well, and I think uh, it's it's especially good that this is the one we're starting with because it is – such a time travel trope the idea Mm -hmm. of going back to a time uh messing something up and returning to a time where nobody knows you where you didn't exist or um some other way in you know putting putting yourself through the you know butterfly effect or whatever and causing your non-existence and seeing what the world would be like um this does have an element of time travel to it, which which makes it especially appropriate for our first episode. Yeah, it's um, interesting that this uh, this uh, method of time travel is more uh, theologically based as opposed yeah, to technologically one, the, based. The, the methodology by which he travels, yes, is certainly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does it with the help of uh, the angel. Um Oh my gosh, his name. Clarence. 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 Yes. It's funny. I, I was just talking about how I had just rewatched this movie and <laughs> you're remembering more about it than I am already. I 
for whatever reason, Clarence was my favorite character in this movie. Aww. Uh, as a kid, like I, I always thought Clarence, there, there was something endearing about Clarence that spoke to me as a child. Um, and yeah, so yeah, Clar- Clarence has a special part in my heart uh, this time of year, sort of like nervous, confused, wishing for uh, a promotion angel. He, he is all of us. It's <laughs> <is all> <laughs> <That's> so relatable. <laughs> <laughs> whose boss doesn't get him uh who's just just trying to get along you know um upon this rewatch i was interested in how uh how sex positive george bailey is oh yeah okay not Go, just do, because do, do tell not just because he and mary have all those kids uh, for sure but the way he treats violet I think is very uh, progressive for the time, you know, like the, they make a big joke of her, like, you know, dating all the boys and, you know, she's always pursuing a man and wanted to, wanted to date George Bailey. Um, but like, rather than look at her as like the town slut, he was just like, no, he, she's another member of this community that I need to help. So he mm-hmm. was very, um, adamant about helping her with money when she needed it which was really what the whole building and loan was all about but you know helping the community in general yeah money yeah but just that george bailey wasn't uh discriminating about who he helped he wanted to help everyone in that community that is a really good point yeah i hadn't thought about it that way but yeah that's that does make sense um I also thought it was really interesting and I don't know why I hadn't picked up on this as much in my other rewatches of this, but it was, um, it was interesting to me that the, the seeds of that are started at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. like the same, the, the economy of characters is very tight. And I guess I knew that in a like instinctual way before now, but this watching, I really like, appreciated the fact that it was oh okay it's these same six people the whole dang time mm-hmm. with the exception of the guy on the bridge and like you're the like italian dude that he runs into at the end um it's yeah it's all it's all so contained yeah and even though there's like so many people in that town um they they do a good job of 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 directing you in in like the sense of taking you through their stories and keeping it rather cohesive you know it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't These are the changes stray. that are important and relevant yes to, to him to george and you know that kind of all really gets summed up by clarence's final message to george at the end spoiler alert uh to this <laughs> old ass movie um <laughs> Uh, Clarence writes in a copy of, uh, oh my gosh, it was Tom Sawyer, right? Tom Sawyer, yeah. Yeah. That's the book he was reading at the very beginning of the book, movie. Mm -hmm. He, um, He says, dear George, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings. Love, Clarence. Um, I feel like that message really really hits home this year for me in particular 
you know, um, I mean, we don't really get into our personal stuff on the pod too much, like here and there, right? But like, mm-hmm. you know, um, well, it actually, I think what it is is we don't we don't get into our like low grade personal stuff. We jump straight to our like weird sex fantasies from high school and shit like that we we've we've gotten to a like we've skipped the middle ground and gone straight to the like crazy sure um, stories yeah we only we yes, only we talk, about... talk about current events in our personal life <laughs> very often on the pod <laughs> yeah well uh you know for me uh in 2023 i was laid off from uh my main gig um you know and I started to like kind of really feel like a failure because it was just like, oh, I'm not getting accepted at other places for the same position. And I, you know, uh, having to be on this hunt is so taxing and trying and it really gives you, it really fuels the imposter syndrome. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, am I really good at what I'm doing? You know, Um, but like after rewatching this and seeing Clarence's message, I'm just like, yeah, I guess I'm not really a failure. You know, it's not really like my fault, right? Like, yeah. Um, well, and the people who truly know you know that you are worthy and care. Yeah. It's it's an important thing to remember and the holiday season is the best time to be reminded. Um, not just from, you know, movies like It's a Wonderful Life, but from your family and friends that you hopefully get to see and spend the time with. Mm-hmm. Um, question. Go on. Why is It's a Wonderful Life considered a Christmas movie when it's really about George's whole life? I think it's because it takes place primarily at Christmas. You know, the, Does the it, whole though? thing with... Uh, okay, the the climax of the movie happens primarily at Christmas. Mm, okay. You know, there there are all of these Christmas touch points that happen throughout the movie. Um and it culminates at Christmas, you know, mm-hmm. with with Zuzu's petals and the Christmas tree and the all of that business. Um and I think there's also like a Christmas vibe that sort of suffuses it even from the very beginning, you know, the what is it's is it the first or second flashback where he where his brother falls through the ice? That's the second the one. First flashback. Is it the is first it? one? Okay. Oh, I think it is the first one. I think it's the first thing we learn is yes. this this no. like winter time yep. event You're, that's that causes correct. him to lose the hearing in the one side. Because the second one is the uh, Mister Gower. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I I was unsure whether it was Mr. Gower and then the ice or the ice and then Mr. Gower, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um and that sort of sets the tone, right? It's a it's a winter movie the whole way through, even though a huge portion of it, especially the like summer years of his life if you think about it that way, his like high school era, um that's all, you know, time non-specific. I think those are like autumn summer period um but we start with this winter event and then we end with a winter event so it gives the whole b- the movie this winter feel yeah. is my thought okay that's, that's that's my guess i could buy that plus the posters all had them with the christmas tree in the background and him holding zuzu and sure um another thing is that you know i never 
grew up watching it's a wonderful life i i came to it much later really yeah you know my my christmas movies were typically animated in some way Mm. claymation or you know classic disney stuff and things like that so it, it wasn't like until much later that uh it's a wonderful life really came into my life and but i think my favorite way of watching it was in chicago at the music box because every oh, sure. year they would do, you know, uh, screenings. Uh, they usually pair it with another Christmas movie. I think it was a uh, White Christmas. Um, yeah, the 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 holiday double features at the Music Box in Chicago are some of my favorite things to do around the holidays. If so, if you're in the Chicagoland area, I highly recommend making the trip out to the Music Box because they're great, an incredible theater. Um. Yeah, I mean, anything you watch at the music box is always a good time. Do you know if there's anything, sorry, to go back to your question about why this is a Christmas movie. Do you know if there's anything in the history of this movie that is similar to um, The Sound of Music? Hmm. Because uh, the, the shtick with The Sound of Music, I learned, is that um, the rights to it were apparently super cheap for some reason. And so the reason that it gets played all the time at Christmas time, or it used to, is that there was viewership was down in the Christmas period. Mm -hmm. So TV stations didn't want to spend money on something that um, that they that no one was going to watch. So they showed movies that were um, cheap to get the syndication rights to. And for whatever reason, The Sound of Music was one of those. And so that's the reason that The Sound of Music keeps getting brought up as a Christmas movie, even though nothing says Nazis like, nothing says Christmas like Nazis, right? <laughs> nothing it's, says uh, Nazis like Christmas. Nothing says Nazis like Christmas. <laughs> um, but yeah, like there's there's very little Christmassy about that movie. You really have to twist it to, to make it a Christmas movie. Um, you are absolutely correct. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life initially received mixed reviews and was unsuccessful at the box office. Uh, and it became a Christmas classic after its copyright lapsed in 1974 and fell into the uh. public domain, which allowed it to be broadcast without license fees or royalty fees. That's okay, so I had interesting. a feeling that that was a thing as well, so I'm glad I wasn't just being crazy. Yeah, but also Capra, um, he considered It's a Wonderful Life uh, one of his favorite films among all of the films that he directed. And he would screen it for his family every Christmas. So I guess it kind I mean, of it, turned into like a tradition for the Capras, and then now it's a tradition for the whole world. That's so charming. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's so I mean, cute. It's also a little conceited, I suppose, but also <laughs> super charming. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think going... Going back to what you were saying, like the story of George Bailey is a, a story that we can all relate with. Mm-hmm. We've all been in those situations where, you know, things have gotten shitty and your life isn't turning out right. And George has been through a lot of those things, like a lot of stuff didn't work out right for George Bailey and he kind of dealt with it. And, you know, when you've been shit on long enough, it really takes a toll. And I mean... Again, not to get too personal on the pod, but like I, I feel that I feel that hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I think that that's another reason why it's a Christmas, you know, it's a tradition for so many people because it has that universality. And I can see not wanting to go to the movie theater to watch it. You know, you don't, I don't, I don't generally go to the movie theater, get bummed out for two hours. Um, but uh, you don't, is that not a thing? I, I mean, it is. I mean, I've, we all watched The Pianist. <laughs> Man, I mean, come on. Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3. The best part was that it bummed us out. Oh, my gosh. Did I did I ever tell you about when I saw Toy Story 3 the first time? I don't think so. I we'll, took, we'll make that a bonus feature or something. I I went to see it on a date with a girl, and I cried, and she didn't. So clearly that wasn't going to work out. <laughs> <laughs> like well uh, that's a good litmus test then you right should, how t- how much empathy? more dates to <laughs> it's a perfect date actually movie. that's a great that that is a great dating tactic that you should write that up as like one of those like guides to to dating <laughs> uh, take take a date to a pixar movie oh man that'll that'll really tell you where you stand it's true it's like that and uh, seeing how they talk to waiters. <laughs> yes. Both very important things. Yup. Um, so another thing that I always found interesting about It's a Wonderful Life is that it openly talks about mental health and suicide. You know, and yeah. th- that's not really something that really happened in, in media until relatively recently. <laughs> So for this to be Yeah, become... and George isn't the only one going through some shit in mm-hmm. this movie. God, everybody. I mean I'm Mr. Gower for starters. Yeah. I mean everybody except Harry. <laughs> he gets pretty yeah, much everything he wants. <laughs> God, even when he was supposed to come back and take over the business, he was just he, That fucker. That fucker. No, but that was George, you know, seeing that his little brother had something good going on. Like, how selfless, Mm -hmm. you know? Right? And it's like, you think about how anyone could be that selfless. But, like, I was thinking, okay, this is a terrible segue because it kind of sounds like I'm saying I'm that selfless. But I'm I'm not. (laughs) I'm not trying to be. All right. So, preface, Ben's a piece of shit. There it is. one time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, so... um, to me, one of the, the pillars of George Bailey's personality is that he will help anyone who needs it if he can. Mm-hmm. And I've always like held that as like a personal pillar as well. You know, like learning from my grandparents to my parents to, you know, a lot of people in my family. It's what it's like a, a Silverio characteristic. Like not solely, like other people do this too. But I, I witnessed this growing up where, like, I always saw the adults in my family helping people whenever they can. And that's just, like, such a admirable, admirable quality that not a lot of people share, you know? So to see it in George Bailey, it's, it's, it's nice to see that, um, you know, rewarded in the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, yeah, if people ask for help, the answer should be yes, unless there's a reason for it to be no, unless there's something that stops you or you, you know, like, really, really can't or whatever. 
Um, and yeah, I feel the same way. And I think that is another, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. That is one of the things I, I, um, admire in George and, um, hopefully, uh, can, can aspire to. Yeah. Now, Mr. Potter, on the other hand, that fucking guy, (laughs) what an ass clown. When, uh, when I was still doing Starlight Radio Dreams, one of our, I wouldn't say one of our best bits, but one of the very good bits we did was uh, Mr. Potterotica, um, which was what? a spoof on Potterotica. Oh my uh, God. Harry Potter erotica podcast is a real thing. Uh, but our spoof was about Mr. Potter from this movie. Oh <laughs> so my was, God. Was erotica about his, his uh, sexual fixation on buildings. <laughs> On buildings, <laughs> yeah, that was that was what we decided was it was it was slash fic, uh, Mister Potter, on buildings. That is incredible. Uh that's that's so funny. I can't <laughs> can't believe you did that. <laughs> we did a lot of things on that show. <laughs> oh my god. Um. You know, uh, we so we're coming up on our time for this episode. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so we mentioned, you know, at the beginning of this that it's a wonderful life has has seeped into all areas of pop culture. Really, like Saturday Night Live has done a skit, you know, with uh, William Shatner. Uh, you know, uh, Tiny Toon Adventures uh, has done an episode. Um, you know the Muppets have done their own version of this uh, on their their TV special. It's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie. Um, it can go on and on and on. But this year, there is a horror movie uh, homage to uh, "It's a Wonderful Life" called "It's a Wonderful Knife." Yes, uh, it is starring uh, Joel McHale. Uh, from Community and Justin Long mm-hmm. uh, from so many great things. Justin Long plays the bad guy. He's the Mr. Potter character. Okay. Um, and basically uh, this girl uh, who is Joel McHale's character's daughter, she stops a killer uh, from from going on a spree in their town. Um, but the next year she's still kind of uh dealing with the repercussions of that mentally um and seeing how the town is moving on uh when she hasn't yet is really weighing on her so she she's like oh i wish uh that i that i'd never been born and never you know did any of this Mm -hmm. stuff uh and it turns out when she if she wasn't born then the town would have been in way worse shape than it was so um it's a it's a phenomenal movie. I enjoyed it so much. Um, the writer also worked on Freaky with Vince Vaughn and uh, Catherine Newton, mm. which is another great um, horror mashup. This this horror mashup genre is so fun, uh, and it's like each one is getting better and better. And it, it's a wonderful knife. I feel like should be a movie that more people are talking about, and they're not. Um, 
maybe they'll add it to the the holiday pantheon along with newer movies like Violent Night. Hint, hint. Um, yes, for, for listeners returning, there's a hint for you what's coming up. But um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, It's a Wonderful Life is just such a um, such a far-reaching like col- colossus of holiday features. Um, and I feel like it would have been a disservice if we didn't talk about it at least a little bit. Especially since it does have some time travel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, even though we're not doing edutainment this month, uh, it wouldn't be time to party without some drinking rules and smoking rules, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I figure we'll give you one or two as a treat, like a little stocking yeah. stuffer. Oh, little little party favors. <laughs> so Ansel, do you have a rule for It's a Wonderful Life? I do, I do, and it actually goes back to something we've already talked about. Um, I would love you to take a drink every time George Bailey makes a decision that impacts his himself negatively <laughs> in the benefit of someone else. Aww. Every self-sacrifice, take a little drink out of solidarity with George Bailey. You know, I uh, my rule is similar because, you know, oh, okay. uh, my rule is in favor of George Bailey. Um, and my rule is take a, take a drink every time you want to punch Mr. Potter in the face. Yes. What an asshole. Fun fact on AFI's 100 years, 100 heroes and villains list. Number six was Henry Potter. That's impressive. Yeah. So, you know, even AFI knows that, uh, everyone wants to punch him in the face. Is Darth Vader ahead of him? That's a good question. Let's see who's who's actually on this list. Come on. Okay, that's heroes. Well, while you're looking at that, I will. Uh, I'll give you another uh, drinking rule. Um, I I thought that it was really interesting to have the the frame narrative of the angels uh, come in periodically throughout the movie to do the narration. Uh, And even though I don't smoke, I feel like um, there is a a great opportunity for them to improve your experience. Uh, So I feel like you could take a hit every time we go back to the angels. Um, And uh, I would think that you'll get a a nice little buzz. that will get you through that whole movie. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give you the top five. Since Mr. Potter was okay. number six, I'll give you the everyone who is better than Mr. Potter. At or number worse. F- or worse than Mr. Potter, right. Um, number five is is uh, Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay, okay, I buy that, I buy that. Number four is the Wicked Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz. Undeniable classic. Number three Darth Vader, Empire Strikes Back. Really? Yeah, specifically there Empire. There are two above Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, and number two, I I wouldn't have put him above Darth Vader. I'm surprised. But number two is Norman Bates from Psycho. Hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a weird call. Yeah. But number one, I don't feel like Norman Bates's impact is as. That's what I'm Deep saying. Or, um, 
societally relevant as Darth Vader. Absolutely. And he definitely doesn't have the the staying power. Or the style, honestly. True, yeah. I mean, I know that uh, Bates Motel was pretty popular uh, relatively recently, but that was trying to humanize the character, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we love to humanize a villain anymore. We, we sure do. <laughs> Um, and number one was Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. Okay. Yeah, hard to argue with that. <laughs> uh, I still feel like Darth Vader has had more cultural impact than Hannibal Lecter, but I can see them being close to each other on the list. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, interestingly, uh, low, low on the list uh, that I... I wouldn't have thought of. Uh, number 50 is Detective Alonzo Harris from Training Day. Denzel oh, Washington's character. And I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? At 50? But, you know, this uh, this list is from 2003. You said it was AFI? Yeah. Oh, Okay. Uh, it's from AFI and it was uh, released in 2003 so you know uh, it's hard to fault them back then right (laughs) they didn't know (laughs) some of them like some of these choices are just so wild Uh, like uh I'm trying oh, to think of like yeah. what other Travis classic Nickel. villains. Blofeld? Um I don't think I saw them on the list. Let's see. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, who, Travis who, Bickle. Who did you pick uh Robert De Niro from uh Taxi Driver. Mm. Is, uh, Taxi Driver, is yeah. 30. While Freddy Krueger is 40. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, I would have put Freddy Krueger higher than Travis Bickle for sure. Jack Nicholson's Joker is 45. Uh, Hans Gruber is 46. Interesting. Man. This is a Kevin wild Spacey list. Kevin Spacey is 48. I know. Kevin Spacey but should Mr. just be Potter, there as Kevin Spacey. He doesn't, it doesn't even have... Made the list. Top of the list. Top 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this is a wild list. Anyway. Um yeah, do we have any more rules? I think that should be good. I think that's it for me. Yeah, me too. Uh unless you want to take a shot when the pool opens, just because that's cool. <laughs> yeah. It was a wild choice. It was a wild choice. <laughs> Do you, do you wonder if like they got to the set and somebody was like, you know, there's a pool under this gym floor. And he went, you know, that does feel like a thing I should use. Well, one of my favorite things about that is that that is a thing that endured in film. Uh, because I remember in, um, in uh, oh my gosh, that, uh, the, the kid from, from Breaking Bad. Uh, what was his name? Um, uh, anyway, Aaron, Aaron Paul. Yeah. 
Yeah, Aaron Paul. Aaron yes, Paul there it is. Was in a teen movie. Um, I believe it was Whatever It Takes. Yes, it totally was. Whatever It Takes with Shane West, James Franco, Colin Hanks. Um, but in this movie, Aaron Paul's character uh, wants to be remembered as like a, a great prankster. And uh, opening the uh, the gym floor was one of the things they wanted to do. And they did it, and it was funny. And I'm just like, oh, that's so clever. And then I saw It's a Wonderful Life, and I'm like, oh, that's where that came from. <laughs> oh. But also for Jim's for to have that is just so funny. <laughs> right? Like, I don't think I've ever seen that in real life. Yeah, me neither. It feels like a wild thing to It feels like a very 1950s, like, we're, we're inventing stuff just for the sake of it. <laughs> We're this close to going to the moon, everybody. Let's do some. Let's do some some stuff with gears. Let's let's make one thing, two things. You want the moon, Barry? <laughs> you you want the moon? <laughs> I'll get you the moon. Oh man, uh, I I love the scene when Mary's just like trying to trying to charm him, and he's just not not having any of it. <laughs> yeah. Miserable bastard. <laughs> uh, wh- wh- what's what's the thing that Sam Wainwright used to always say? Hee-haw. Hee-haw. Take a drink for every hee-haw. Jesus. Oh, God, you'd be dead. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that. Well, party people, uh, hopefully... This is this conversation has enticed you to go back and revisit as a wonderful life if you didn't plan on it. Um, you know, do it. It's uh it's considered one of the more inspirational movies mm-hmm. uh of all time. So if you're feeling down, um if you're feeling blue this holiday season, I think uh it's a wonderful life might be a good rewatch for you. Maybe maybe you're not such a pile of shit after yeah. all. Yeah. Love George Bailey. <laughs> well, all right. Um, if you want to join or sorry. <laughs> you can find us on the internet. I'm ah. at B Silverio twenty on X, Twitter, uh, Blue Sky, Threads, all that stuff, so that no one else would take my username. <laughs> and I am at Indecisionist on X, if you're still there, and at The Indecisionist on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or sorry, Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Blue Sky, and Yowza now, <laughs> I guess. Uh, uh, you can use the hashtag time to party, that's time the number two party. Or time the number two party, all spelled out. Thank you, Warwick. Tis the season to be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. Happy holidays. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I wish I had, like, jingle bells. Uh, we'll put some in your post. It'll be fine. <laughs>